Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. Today, you are listening to part one of a previously recorded Zoom webinar featuring PSB co-founder Logan Kosmoski and professional performance coach Stu Singer of Well Performance. We hope you enjoy part one, and part two will be released later this week. Okay, everyone. Welcome to our webinar about mastering the mental game with Stu Singer. I am ProSkills co-founder Logan Kosmolski, uh, joining us again for one of our coronavirus pandemic uh, webinars, um, trying to tackle a subject today that I find very, very um, intriguing, uh, important in today's time, and, and um, really overlooked, um, especially when, when I was growing up, and, and particularly today in, uh, in today's world, and particularly in athletics. Um, joined by uh, a good friend of mine and, and one of the best in the uh, performance coaching world, uh, Stu Singer from Well Performance. Stu, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Logan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Stu, I'd like to start off by just getting this webinar going by you introducing yourself, tell everybody who you are and what you've done. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I work right now, uh, I would be, should be, in season with the uh, with the Washington Wizards uh, and their uh, G League affiliate, the Capital City Go-Go. Um, I also work then with the Washington Mystics in the WNBA, and we just came off a world championship this past year. And then um, I also work with some college programs uh, as well. Um, but as we know, we're all shut down at the moment. So that's, uh, that's what I do and who I work with. Um, sports psychologist, uh, and have been lucky to work with some great, uh, coaching staffs and great teams, uh, over the last decade. Yeah. So you're the, the pedigree of the people you've worked with and the teams you've been a part of and organizations you've been a part of is, is very strong. So, um, Stu, before we just press record on this broadcast, you were talking a little bit about something you find interesting now and, you know, we've done podcasts together in, in the past before, and I'm, I'm really intrigued by your, your four pillars of performance. And you said something really interesting about those four pillars given this time. So can you let our people watching, like, talk about the four pillars of performance and then talk about the observation you made with me before? So the f four pillars of performance are the technical, which is our fundamental skill work. Uh, tactical is style of play, understanding, maybe, uh, you know, a way of saying it would be basketball IQ, understanding the game. Mm -hmm. uh, physiological, so strength conditioning, uh, nutrition, hydration, recovery, that kind of stuff. And then the psychological. And, you know, all, like, honestly, in, in our lifetime, um, one and two have always taken up priority of time. Uh, so te technical and, and tactical. Te technical and tactical. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, and then um, if you, as you go up uh, in the years, the, the physiological gets, you know, the strength and conditioning part gets, becomes relatively important and becomes more, more something that's more or less uh, even in high school considered something that you should be doing and you, you know, in spending your time on. And then the psychological can get kind of pushed to the back. Like, when can I get to it? Or how do I get to it? Do I get to it? Is it even something that I should be doing? But if you think those are the four pillars of all performance, um, right now might be the, the greatest time ever to jump into um, 
the psychological because we legitimately at this point really can't do the tactical aspect of it. We're not playing right now. We're not going five on five at this point. So, so the time that we've always spent in games, tournaments, this, you know, this time of year or practice, everything, um, you know, we could flip flop it and we could put it into the mental. And, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things, and, and we're doing this, by the way, we're, we're this, what I'm telling you is what we're doing with our college programs and our pro programs right now is saying, um, you know, A, you have the time, but B, we are living in probably one of the most, you know, uncertain times that I, I can say I've ever lived in, in, in my mm-hmm. you know, time on earth. And so, it would make sense to do it from a sports perspective, but it would also make sense to, to kind of understand these skills from how do I manage the uncertainty of when are we going to return? Are we going to return? What am I, you know, what are my skills going to be like? What's my conditioning? But all the different things that can come up when you're going through some of this, mm-hmm. and there are real skills that we can begin to practice that are super healthy, not that complicated, um, really effective that would make a ton of sense to be doing right now. Yeah. Uh, I love that you use the term skills, you know, like that's kind of, we've talked in in our past podcast about um, how, how can we, how can you get people in your line of work, Stu, to, to focus on these as skills and not as much on, Hey, this is the way I am, or this is, this is not the way I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about this before, but like I'm a big, like messaging the words you use have an impact on people's perception of, of the, the, what you're talking about. So as you talk about the skills that they can practice, what are some of those skills that they can practice like right now? Like what would you recommend for a player, high school, middle school, college that's stuck at home right now, can't really work on their game like they normally could. What should they be doing from a psychological standpoint? Yeah. Can I, do the messaging a little bit real quick yes and then, yeah. and then jump in absolutely to, so from a messaging standpoint and i just want to make sure that i'm saying this the way that it should be in my opinion uh framed is that performance is performance the four pillars are the four pillars you know if you want to be great at something and you or it matters to you it would be foolish to not work on one of the pillars like everybody that plays would say is there a mental aspect to performance and everybody would say yes but if you said well then do you proactively work on it and you know you know i would say and a lot of times it's because of what's the question that you're asking like what are the skill what would i work on if i was going to work mm-hmm. on it you know, like i know how to pick up a ball and go outside and dribble and shoot you know, for mm-hmm. nothing else. Well, what yeah, let me interrupt you right there. What, how do you, in your line of work, let's say you go in and, and you see an <clears> athlete <throat> that you think is, is struggling and you try to break through to him like I know you have in the past and it's always kind of hard. There's always the resistance there, you know, for, for some people, not always, but for some. Yeah. Yep. Um, what, what do you think leads to that resistance and how do you get over it? I think poor messaging uh, over the years from us, the adults, <laughs> quite mm-hmm. honestly, um, and what and how we were coached. You know, it was this this thing that we kind of put to the background, and we just kind of believed somehow, some way that it developed on its own, mm-hmm. rather than you know we we have a saying, or a lot of people will say in uh, in sports that sports reveal, you know, the the concept of character. 
um, and I, you know, or or that they it will build character, I should say. And and I don't believe that sports necessarily builds character. It could, it it can, but there's no, there, we don't, we're not. I mean, we have a lot of people that, you know, we found are cheaters. They're doing PEDs. They're, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it, just because you are a participant doesn't mean you build something. And mm-hmm. so the very first thing is we do a lot of group work. We, you know, we talk in groups about topics and that breaks down a little bit of the barrier. But I do think that for us, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's just, we don't talk about it enough. We don't, we don't frame it as another pillar of, uh, that we're building of performance. We, we, we kind of talk about it as it gets over here. It's only for people with problems. And one of the very Mm -hmm. first things that I do is that I take it out of that. There's gotta be something wrong in order to get better. Why does there Mm -hmm. need something wrong for someone to improve? Yeah, that makes sense. How often does that happen to you as you're working, even with your NBA, WNBA teams, does, is that something you encounter? Uh, pushback? Yes. There's players that are not willing to to discuss it or don't take it seriously or resistant to it for whatever reason yeah i mean i think that you know in any population i mean if if you if if you had a nutritionist on right now the nutritionist would tell you that if you had a strength coach on right now you'd have there there's always going to be the ones that say give me this i want to do more Mm. uh you're going to have ones in the middle who are let me be a little bit of a follower. Like, let me see who does it and how it works. Cause I'm interested, mm. but let me get a feel for it. And then you're going to have some people who just, that doesn't click for them. And, and, you know, a, I'm going to accept that period. Um, but, but B, I will say over time, once it becomes something that's embedded in the culture of, of the program that you're in, it breaks down pretty, like it, the, the wall breaks down pretty easily. Mm. It's, yeah. you know, it, and there are other, you know, dynamics when you're working with a team, players worrying about does coaching staff know things and, and things like that, that you have to overcome also that are outside of like, do they believe or not? It's more, what's the trust factor that they, that they have. And, and you really have to work really hard. I mean, honestly, that might be bigger than, than almost any part of it. I, I think for the most part, the, the teams that I work with get it. Um, Mm-hmm. players get it it's just then the trust factor of how is it being used if it you know and, and making sure that i'm clearly you know there to, to help them and it's not mm-hmm. some kind of other any other reason yeah okay so let's say somebody watching this is now convinced like hey i'm i'm open to exploring the 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 mental skills and, and how i can develop them to help my performance during this time you're an athlete stuck at home. What are some things they can be doing? All right. I, I mean, <clears throat> if, if I was going to build a quick quote unquote toolkit for an athlete to use, say like, what are the things that if I do these things while I'm home, while I have extra time. Um, I, and I would say, man, if you do that, I'm telling you, you're going to feel a difference. You will feel mm-hmm. a difference by doing, I'll give you three really important things. I'm going to start it all off by saying that um, over the years, I've really come to try to drill this down as specific as I can. When you talk about mental strength, really what you're talking about is the ability to uh, pay attention to very specific things and to not pay attention to some other things. So Mm -hmm. 
you know, you and I have discussed this. If you are a shooter and you missed your last shot, you missed your next shot, but you're paying attention to that, I guarantee you that your mind is now in the wrong space. So, but it's hard because the mind actually wants to go there and we can go into like why that is, but, but let's just do this whole overview with the idea that it's about attention. Can I train myself to pay good attention? So -hmm. there are three things that I would recommend. The very first one is um, what I would call your elite self. So when I'm working with an athlete, if I was working with you, I'd say, Logan, give me, uh, what do you look like, sound like, and feel like when you are at your absolute best out on the floor? What you cannot do, however, is give me outcomes. So if you're, if you're a shooter, I don't want to hear about the ball going in. I want to hear about how you find your spots, what it looks like, what it feels like, where you see your hands, where you see uh, how hard you're running off a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you calling for the ball? Because I guarantee you that when you're feeling good, those things are in place. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, when a shooter's not feeling good, mm, all of a sudden they're not coming off that screen quite as hard as they did before. They're not calling for the ball the same way that they may have. Okay. So what we're really trying to do is say, well, what are the actions and behaviors of my elite self? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I use shooter, but some players are, you know, they, they start their, every part of their game starts from the defensive end. So we can talk about what they look like there. Uh, we can talk about energy level, like they're an energy player. What does that look? So but everybody, or they're an attack minded player, they're always trying to get to the rim. So whatever you are, I want you to be able to see that and you ask the question, what do I look like, sound like, and feel like? Okay. Mm. Because if you think about it, no matter the score of the game, no matter whether the ball's going in or not, you can repeat those behaviors. And if I'm thinking about those behaviors, that is the strongest version of me. Mm -hmm. If I start thinking about the misses, now I'm going to be a weaker version of myself, a lesser version of me. So the very first thing is we're going to develop that and we're going to learn to pay attention to that over and over and over again. So if I'm a kid at home right now and I, and I want to do what you were, you're just talking about right now, do you recommend, is, it, is that a matter of practice of sitting down and writing these things down on paper, taking some time and just meditating on it and going over in your head? What do you recommend there? Yep. So the very first thing would be, and this is literally what I do. So like, this is, if I'm working with a pro, this is what they're, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm asking them to do is bullet point five, six, seven, eight things. And then we're going to whittle it down to about like three to four things. So what are the things that you do? And we're going to get that image. So we're going to get an image of what that looks like, literally trying to be able to close our eyes and see that. And then if what we can do is we can create a single word that describes that. So, or, or a single phrase that, that might describe it. Hmm. Um, and, and so now while I'm in a game, if I remind myself of that phrase, right? So if I'm, um, if I'm energy, uh, if I'm, uh, 
uh, loud, if I'm fluid, if I'm whatever the word is, then that creates those three or four bullet points and image. And then the last part then is proactively spending time seeing it, like legitimately, proactively spending time. And we can even walk through that, but what that would look like, but um, of doing it before you need it. I think one of the mistakes that we make is that we think, well, I don't need it. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of a game. You're not playing well. Your mind's all a mess. And like, oh, I need something. Well, it's too late if we haven't practiced it at that point. Mm -hmm. So that kind of brings me back to you talk about the, the, the four pillars and working on these things. Like <laughs> what you just said really hit home for me because it was, you know, I think every athlete goes through peaks and valleys of, confidence and energy and how they feel mentally um and it's crazy that we put a focus on the technical and tactical and once you get to a certain age the physical like that's consistent that is always there we're always doing that but the, the psychological is always kind of like up and down and hey now i need to work on it and then go back but uh, i think the main thing that, that strikes me is like these are and you said this before it's it's not are you mentally strong? Is it's have you spent time developing certain mental habits, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, these are um, these are habits, these are skills. And and you know, one of the reasons, and I'm and it's not like I'm suggesting we shouldn't do this. Like I'm it, this has been fun for me a, a little bit with the quarantine, is that my daughter and I were outside every she's a seventh grader, we're out every day probably as long as it's nice enough out shooting and I'm watching her getting better. But one of the reasons why we get shot after shot after shot up is so that in a game, it's not like new to us. Like we've shot thousands of shots. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, you know, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm biased and I'm in this all the time, but what sense would it make to think that we're going to do that for the physical skill? But for the mental skill, we're just going to have it when we need it in really chaotic, maybe moments that mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense to think of it in those terms. Yeah. Um, so, Stu, let's let's change gears here a little bit. I, I, I would really like to focus on we've talked a lot about players and what players can do, which is great for can I finished the three skills, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So sorry. Let's go. Let's go back to that. Because I, I, I'm getting I can get off on it. <laughs> So that's first skill. First skill is, is uh, elite self. Second mm -hmm. skill is I would ask every kid that's home right now, again, super easy skill, uh, write your personal mission statement. Why do you play? And, and, and I'm going to tell it like this. It cannot be simply to win games or to get a scholarship um, for your young players. Uh, and those are wonderful things. I'm not suggesting that those aren't great outcomes that you might get, but there has to be something deeper. There's got to be something more uh, meaningful for you. What is it about mastery of this? What is it about getting out with teammates? What is it about um, doing your part for the guy or girl that's next to you on your team? Uh, again, what does it mean to grow and just continue to learn how to get better and better and test yourself? It's got to be a little bit deeper. And so personal mission statement should sound like uh, in my sport, I'm on a mission to 
fill that out. Mm. And so for me, my personal mission statement in my work is to help others. It's not to win championships. I've been fortunate to be on a, a team that did win a championship and other teams that have won big 10 championships made a couple final fours. Like I've been lucky, but I've never started out any day actually thinking I want to do that. Like my goal is that I believe that those things are going to happen if I take care of helping other people. Mm -hmm. If I help enough people, then those things begin to be the byproduct of mm -hmm. it. So I'm very intentional about that. So as a player, what is it that you really love? What's at the core of why you play? And make that your motivation. Let's say a player sits down to do that. Will, um, will they know when they have it? Will they feel something? When I write down my mission statement, like, I know it can't be about winning games. It needs to be deeper. Um, I can see a lot of young players being like, well, I don't know what's good to put down, you know? So I feel like, how, how can you let players know, like, it's good when you know that it feels right or something al along those lines? I think the easiest way for me would be, um, you know, what would get you out of bed at mm -hmm. 6 a.m. to go get shots up and, you know, or go for a run or do whatever so that you are working? Because here's this, the other side of winning. And, and again, you've been there. Like, you win. We won a championship. And it was awesome. And it was fun. And it was a bunch of people who loved one another and, and loved the experience. Like, it was a great experience. But about two days after that, you have to get back to work. And, and while it still is a great accomplishment and feels good, it's not like life comes to an end because we did like, you don't reach that and be like, okay, we did it. We don't have to do anything anymore. So like life keeps happening. And if you don't have something bigger to connect to, then you're going to be almost disappointed in those situations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not going to win every game. So if the only reason that you play is to win, you're at some point that's going to wear off. And and so it's got to be a little bit bigger than that. It's got to be connected and it's got to be something where you say, okay, if, if I need something to, to be the reminder of why I want to get up at six in the morning to go out and do something when I really would just rather lay in bed, to me, that's the, the moment where you're like, okay, I, I got yeah. it. I understand. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so hit us with the, uh, the third skill. And then the third skill is what I call mindset workouts. Mm -hmm. where, which is just a, a real specific way of paying attention on purpose for, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, and what you'll find is, is that your mind's going to want to wander all over the place. Um, it's going to get distracted. You're going to go down weird, you know, like random paths with your mind and then all of a sudden you're like no wait a second i'm supposed to be paying attention right here right now presently and you're just going to go through that process again and again and again for the for the five minutes for the 10 minutes um, there are apps um, that we can talk about that i would recommend um, that train that but but i will promise you that if you if you do um if you do those three things, so if you get real intentional daily uh, about, well, and you don't even necessarily have to get real intentional daily about your personal mission statement. You do that, you understand it, you kind of get to, to 
to let it be your guiding principle. But then mm -hmm. after that, with the uh, with your elite self vision and the and the ten minutes of of uh, mindset workout, um, it, it's um, I, I can't imagine that a kid would not feel improvement um, if you're doing that. And and we have time right now. Like nobody can yeah. tell me right now that they don't no no high school kid at least can tell me they don't have 15 minutes extra time uh, per day right now. I, I know that they do. Um, and like I said, it would be such a valuable way to spend the time. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's really good advice, dude. So thanks for that. Um, I do want to switch back over, kind of, kind of switch topics a little bit before I do that for anybody that's watching right here that has a question for Stu, um, you guys see down below, there's a Q and a box or there's a chat box. Feel free to submit some questions there and I'll, I'll read through them and, and hopefully get an opportunity to, to, to run the question by Stu. So, um, but back to it, Stu, what, what I was discussing and one thing that, that really interests me is you work with a lot of athletes, but you also have a, a lot of really strong sound advice for parents of young athletes. Um, I'd like to spend the rest of our time kind of talking about, um, the role that parents play, what they can do, what are some mistakes that they make, um, and how, and how parents can best help instill the beneficial mental habits and help their young athlete work towards being their best self. So um, I guess from that, my first question would be, what role do parents play in, in their child's development when it comes toward comes to mental habits? Um, Everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is important. Um, you know, and, and, and there's not a ton of really great information or opportunities for parents to get it. So like first and foremost, one of the things that, that I would say is more, maybe more than anything is allow it to be their journey. It's not your journey. If you find yourself having to force it, we, we should be guiding. We're, we're the guide hand on a shot, not the shooting hand on the shot. That, that's, you know, we, we should be the hand that's kind of there to make sure the ball doesn't fall off, but yeah. we're not the hand that's shooting. If you have to be the hand that's shooting, you're, you're, you're doing too much as a yeah. parent. Um, the other thing that I would say is, is that, <clears throat> so for instance, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a seventh, I'm, I can say as parent, seventh grade daughter right now that is out playing. And one of the things that we're doing is we're, we'll go out, we'll have some fun, but, you know, we're also going to work on some things. She, she's into it. She wants to do it. Um, so we go out and we, we, you know, work on a couple things and, you know, there'll be times where I'm, you know, like, okay, you have to make five in a row before you move to the next spot. And I can see if she misses that fifth shot, like getting frustrated. And within that moment, I'm like, well, uh, -uh. instead of that, that's where growth happens. So allow yourself to go into that space of being frustrated, but not losing your focus. Not like, let's get back. We're going to now we'll start over and do this, but, but actually allow yourself to feel mistakes because mistakes failure is, is exactly where growth has to happen. So if I'm doing a ball handling thing, in fact, pro skills, turned out a ball handling drill that I was doing with her the other night. And, um, and, uh, and she was messing it up a little bit. She would get it, but mess it up. And I'm like, that's perfect. This is exactly where you should be. You shouldn't be doing a drill that you can do flawlessly. If you're doing a drill that you can do flawlessly, then you're not learning. You're not getting, you're not 
getting better. So let's do this one because you're, you know, you're doing it, but then you're not doing it. And that's the way this process should look. And so instead of reacting to it with anger, how about almost looking forward as like, all right, this is my opportunity to grow. 